Chapter ninety five of Thomas Wingfold, Curate. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Thomas Wingfold, Curate by George MacDonald. What Ellen heard more. A word you dropped the other day, said the curate, set me thinking of the noteworthy fact that belief in God and belief in immortality cease together. But I do not see the logic of it. If we are here without God, why may we not go on there without God? I marvel that I have heard of no one taking up and advocating the view. What a grand discovery it would be for some people, that not only there was no God to interfere with them and insist on their becoming something worth being, but that they were immortal notwithstanding. That death was only the passage of another birth into a condition of enlarged capacity for such bliss as they enjoyed here, but more exalted in degree, perhaps in kind, and altogether preferable. I know one to whom the thought would not have been a new one, said Polworth. Have you not come upon a passage in my brother's manuscript involving the very idea? Not yet. I read very slowly, and pick up all the crumbs. I wish we had had the book here. I should have so much liked to hear you read, read from it again. The gatekeeper rose and went to his cabinet. The wish is easily gratified, he said. I made a copy of it, partly for security, partly that I might thoroughly enter into my brother's thoughts. I wonder almost you learned this original, then, said Wingfold. I certainly could not lend the copy to any man I could not trust with the original, answered Polworth. But I never lent either before. He was turning over the leaves as he spoke. The passage, he went on, besides for its own worth, is precious to me as showing how, through all his madness, his thoughts entered the gates of wisdom. Ah, here it is. About this time I had another strange vision, whether in the body or out of the body, I cannot tell. I thought, as oftener than once before, that at length I was dying. And it seemed to me that I did die, and awake to the consciousness of a blessed freedom from the coarser and more ponderous outer dress I had hitherto worn, being now clad only in what had been up to this time an inner garment, and was a far more closely fitting one. The first delight of which I was aware was coolness, a coolness that hurt me not, the coolness as of a dewy summer eve, in which a soft, friendly wind is blowing, 
and the coolness was that of a perfect well-being of the health that cometh after fever when a sound sleep hath divided it away and built a rampart between the coolness of undoubted truth and of love that has surmounted passion and is tenfold love he goes on to give further and fuller account of his sensation ventures even on the anticipated fertility of an attempt to convey a notion of one of his new senses i leave all that for your own reading mr wingfold but where was i that i could not tell i am here was all i could say but then what more could i ever have said gradually my sight came to me or the light of the country arose i could not tell which and behold i was in the midst of a paradise courteous yet gracious to describe which i find no words in the haunting tongues of earth and i know something of them all most of them well if i say a purple sea was breaking light on an emerald shore the moment the words are written i see them coarse and crude as a boy's first attempt at landscape yet are there no better wherewith to tell what first filled my eyes with heavenly delight the inhabitants were many but nowhere were they crowded there was room in abundance and wide places seemed to be held sacred for solitude i am only picking up a sentence here and there as i hasten to the particular point said Poworth, looking down the page but the flowers and the birds and above all the beauty of the people and they dwelt in harmony yet on their foreheads lay as if it seemed a faint mist or as if it were the first of a cloud coming disquiet and i prayed him tell me sir whither shall i go to find god and say unto him lo here i am and he answered and said to me sir i had but dimly know what thou meanest say further and i stood for an hour even as one astonished then said i all my long life on the world whence i came i did look to find god when death should take me but lo now and with that my heart smote me for in my former life i had oftentimes fallen into unbelief and denied god was this now my punishment that i should never find him and my heart grew cold in my body and the blood colored therein then the man answered and said it is true that in generation past for so i re read in our ancient books men did believe in one above them and in them who had watched them to that they were and was working them to better still but whether it be that we have now gained that better and there is nothing higher unto which we may look therefore no need of the high one i know not but truly we have long ceased so to believe 
and have learnt that as things are so they have been and so shall be then fell as it were a cold stone in the core of my heart and i questioned him no farther for i bore death in my heart even as a woman carrieth her unborn child no god i cried and sped away into a solitude and shrieked aloud no god nay but ere i believe it i will search through all creation and cry aloud as i go i will search until i find him and if i find him not with that my soul would have fainted in me had i not spread forth my wings and rushed aloft to find him for the more lovely anything i saw the more gracious in colour or in, in form or the more marvellous in the law of its working ever a fresh pain shot to my heart if that which i had heard should prove true then there was no love such as seemed to me to dwell therein the soul of its beauty and all the excellence thereof was but a delusion of my own heart greedy after a phantom perfection no god no love no loveliness save a ghastly semblance thereof and the more ghastly that it was so like loveliness and yet was not the loved upon peril of prostitution of spirit then in truth was heaven a fable and then and hell an all-embracing fact for my very being knew in itself that if it would dwell in peace the very atmosphere in which it lived and moved and breathed must be love living love a one divine presence truth to itself and love to me and to all them that needed love down to the poorest they can but need it and knoweth it not when it cometh i knew that if love was not all in all in fact as well as in imagination my life was but a dreary hollow made of the sh in the shape of a life and therefore for every angry and never be satisfied and again i spread wings no longer as if it seemed of hope but wings of despair yet mightily and flew and i learned thereafter that despair is but the hidden side of hope here follow pages of his wanderings in quest of god he tells how and where he inquired and sought searching for the near and minute as earnestly as into the far and vast watching at the very pores of being and sitting in the gates of the mighty halls of assembly but all in vain no god to be found. and it seemed to me he says at last that as i had been the wanderer of earth so was i now doomed to be the wanderer of heaven on earth i wandered to find death and men called me the everlasting jew in heaven i wandered to find god and what name would they give me now at last my heart sank within me cruelly and i folded my wings and through years i also sank and sank and alighted at length 
upon the place appointed for my habitation that namely wherein i found myself first after death and alighting there i fell down weary and slept and when i awoke i turned upon my side in the despair of a life that was neither in my own power nor that of one who was the father of me which life therefore was an evil thing and a tyrant unto me and lo there by my side i beheld a lily of the field such as grew on the wayside in the old times betwixt jerusalem and bethany never since my death had i seen such and my heart awoke within me and i wept bitter tears that nothing should be true nothing be that which i had seemed in the times of old and as i wept i heard a sound as of the falling of many tears and i looked and lo a shower as from a watering pot falling upon the lily and i looked yet again and i saw the watering pot and the hand that held it and he whose hand held the pot stood by me and looked at me as he watered the lily he was a man like the men of the world where such lily grow and was poorly dressed and seemed like a gardener and i looked up in his face and lo the eyes of the lord jesus and my heart swelled until it filled my whole body and my head and i gave a great cry and for joy that turned into agony i could not rise neither could i speak but i crept on my hands and my knees to his feet and there i fell down upon my face and with my hands i lifted one of his feet and did place it upon my head and then i found voice to cry o oh, master and therewith the life departed from me and when i came to myself the master sat under the tree and i lay by his side and he had lifted my head upon his knees and behold the world was jubilant around me for love was love and lord of all the sea roared and the fullness thereof was love and the purple and the gold and the blue and the green came straight from the hidden red heart of the lord jesus and i closed my eyes for very bliss nor had i yet bethought me of the time when first those eyes looked upon me for i seemed to have known them since first i began to be but now when for very bliss i closed my eyes my thing came back to me and i remembered and i rose up and kneeled down before him and said o oh lord i am as rarus the jew the man who would not let thee rest thy cross upon the stone before my workshop by dread thee from it say no more of that answered the my lord for truly i have myself rested in thy heart cross and all until the thing thou didst in thy ignorance is better than forgotten for it is remembered in love only see thou also make right excuse for my brethren 
who, like thee then, know not now what they do. Come, and I will bring thee to the woman who died for thee in the burning fire. And I said, O Lord, leave me not, for although I would know in my turn right gladly die for her, yet would I not look upon that woman again if the love of her would make me love thee one hair the less. Thou knowest. And the Lord smiled upon me and said, Fear not, Ahasuerus. My love enfolds and is the nest of all love. I fear not, fear thou not either. And I arose and followed him, and every tree and flower, yea, every stone and cloud, with the whole earth and sea and air, were full of God, even the living God, so that now I could have died of pure content, and I followed my Lord. The gatekeeper was silent, and so were they all. At length Rachel rose softly, whipping the tears from her eyes, and left the room, but she found no one in the closet. Ellen was already hastening across, the park weeping as she went. End of chapter 95